Welcome to New Valley Conversations, a podcast of New Valley Church, a gospel-centered church in the Shenandoah Valley. We desire to have conversations that lead to gospel transformation in all of life. We want to welcome you to our conversation. KJ and I serve as a lead pastor of New Valley Church. We are excited today to have you join us. Also with me today, I have Danny. I am the family pastor at New Valley. And also today I have joining us the Valley legend. And the reason why I call him that is because this man has left a legacy of disciple making in the Valley, Chris Laster. Uh, What's up, fellas? How are we doing today? I'm super excited because I love this topic. We're going to talk about uh, COVID-19 and the mission of the church. I think it was in 2019, I heard a conference speaker speak on the church of worship, and it just wrecked me. And um, it really changed from that point forward how I uh, interacted with the church and the body of Christ. And I kind of made up my mind, hey, this is what I want to give my life to, serving the body of Christ. Um, But fellas, if we're going to talk about COVID-19 and the mission of the church, first, we probably should define the mission of the church. So Danny, uh, if we say the mission of the church, what are we talking about? Well, Chris, that's a great question. Um, when when we think about the mission of the church, um, many of us might just gravitate toward the Great Commission. And we see in Matthew 28 that um, Jesus, he comes to the disciples and he says to them that all authority um, has been given to him in, in heaven and on earth. And he tells the disciples, he, say, he says, go and, and make disciples. He says, make them of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So just from, from that um, verse there, those verses there in Matthew 28, we see that that the mission of the church is, is defined by Jesus and by his authority. He gets to define the mission of the church, and he says that it's because he has all authority on heaven and on earth and he wants us to go and make disciples. So as we think about making disciples, Jesus says, hey, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So right there, we know that we're supposed to be sharing the gospel with people. As we share the gospel with people and they come to faith in, in Jesus, then we get to experience um, baptism. We get to baptize them, um, which is, is such a, a great time in the in the life of a believer where they get to just respond to everything that God has done in their life um, corporately as we come together as a body of believers. And we get to uh, to participate in that with them. So we get to evangelize and share the gospel. And we see people come to faith in Jesus because of it. But also he says that we're to, we're to teach people. We're to teach and make disciples in, in that way. So for us, what that means is that there are our believers who, who know God and we get to grow in our knowledge of God together. We get to participate in, in reading the word and through um, through the preaching of the word, we get to grow in knowledge of who God is. We get to grow in our maturity as Christians because let me tell you, I haven't arrived. Um, all of us are, are working on that, that process of, of growing in our Christ-likeness. And so that that's pretty exciting. And um, Jesus gives us this great promise at the, at the end of the verses here. He says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we know that he has a plan for us. That plan is for us to go and make disciples, and he's going to be with us. He's going to be commanding um, what happens in the lives of believers. And so we get to see this, this great idea of the mission of the church 
being part of it, being that we go and make disciples as Jesus has commanded us. Yeah, Danny, I think that's that's definitely some good good stuff that you're bringing out there in regards to Matthew chapter um, 28, verses 18 through 20. Um, one area that I would want to jump off on that is kind of going back to what Chris mentioned at the beginning, um, that there's at the heart of all of humanity is this desire to worship someone or something. And part of the, the aim of disciple making is that we want to see people rightly to worship God for who he is, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's the one that is above all, over all of creation, and that he deserves to be worshiped. He's worthy of our worship. And so part of that is that we desire to see people to, to become disciples of Jesus and to follow him. And so that is definitely a strong component of the mission of the church. I do want to help us to think through this in, in a way where a lot of people kind of disagree on this idea of what is the mission of the church, whether that is a more broad term or more narrow terminology. And I think Kevin DeYoung is pretty helpful here. He says this in his book on what is the mission of the church. He says, the mission of the church is to go into the world and make disciples by declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the spirit and gathering these disciples into churches that they might worship the Lord and obey his commandments now and in eternity to the glory of God the Father. Now, people would critique De Young and say that he has a very narrow vision of the mission of the church. I think when it comes to um, De Young's distinction here, I think it's really helpful for us to understand what is the role in the institutional church in pushing the mission of Jesus forward. Um, personally, this is why I find the categories church gathered and church scattered very helpful for this conversation, because I think the chief aim of the church is to make disciples of Jesus, those people who rightly worship God for who he is and understands him to be the king of their lives. And because of that, that does shape all components of their lives, which allows us to enter into this more broader understanding of the mission of Jesus. And so when this happens, I think this is, is very helpful for us because people might be thinking in this season, um, is the church just supposed to be another um, social institution that just aids in every crevice of society? And well, what role should the church play in its mission in this season? So this is where DeYoung's helpful. There's a very narrow perspective of mission in the church, but when the people of God are being shaped in their worship and they're being transformed internally, externally, it's going to flow out of them and they are going to um, engage well as the church scattered in all areas of life. So that's where the, the mission of the church is broadened out when you have individual Christians living in their neighborhoods, neighboring well, trying to obey um, the greatest command to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then your neighbor as yourself. They're doing that, neighboring well, for the purpose of God's glory so you can engage in a broader mission there. But to be particular, there's a very narrow focus for the mission of the church but as we serve as a church scatter, that mission flows out of us as we are seeking to worship God throughout every environment that we enter into. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm pulling this out of the context of an entire talk. So I hope this is still helpful. But I've heard one speaker refer to it and saying, like, the church just doesn't have a mission, but the church is a mission. And if we understand that, then we can't help but to seek to live, uh, live missionally to the glory of God. So with that on the table, KJ, I'll toss it back to you. Um, as far as the mission of the church in COVID-19, what should it, what should that look like? What should we still be pursuing even as we are quarantined and practicing social distancing right now? Yeah, I believe that we have much that we can do 
I'm in this season to fulfill the mission. I think if we see that our primary means is to to worship God, we can rightly worship God, um, even as we are distancing from one another. But also, I think we can make disciples. We can help other people to rightly worship God because if you've realized that there's been a series of just different conversations that have been happening within our culture with the kind of the stigmatism of the idea of being kind of locked up in your home, we've all have felt that sense of paranoia a little bit where you're like, I just want to get out and do something. I just want to be around people. Um, if you haven't hit that um, by this time, I, I don't know what's wrong with you at this point because, um, and, and I say that in, in a joking manner. So if you really don't want to see people, I get that sometimes people are, can be frustrating, but I think we have been created for a relationship. And so we, we all feel this, um, this influence of being, um, being trapped at times, but we've all had that mutual feeling so we can leverage that for the kingdom because relationally we've been created to be in relationship with people. And that's all a part of our worship of God because God has made us relational beings. And so I think that is a example where we can engage maybe even in social media to leverage it, to help people to, to worship God. And so, so think about that as a means. You can use technology as a means to pe- point people towards God. Um, so you can live out the mission that way. But primarily in your home, you can make disciples in your home. There's other people that you are living with, hopefully, that um, can can grow in their faith, that can take steps forward. And, and this should be very encouraging for us because you're never not on the mission field. And I think that's when it, what it comes down to for us when it comes to our quote-unquote missiology. Our perspective of the mission field has been limited to going overseas. And so for us, when we think about being missional, we can't really do that in our homes. But the mission for, should first start in our homes, first and foremost, before it goes anywhere else. And so for us, as we're, we're trying to consider what it looks like to be faithful in the season, friends, how are you making disciples in your home? Then how are you making disciples in your neighborhood? How are you making disciples via media and things like that? Like, how, how are all these areas shaping you in this effort to make disciples? And I really think that's what's going to to help you to move forward in this effort and, and making disciples in this season. But there is a mission and we still have things that we can do as a church, even if we are not doing some of the, the normal um, routines of the church. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, like, like you were talking about one of the practical things that we can do in this season um, is just even through, through praying, let's pray for our neighbors to, as we think about fulfilling the mission and making disciples, well, there's people who have a lot of fear right now, and they're experiencing some some different uh, some different emotions, right? Like you were saying, like let, some of us just want to get out. We want to do something. I know uh, for us, it's been, hey, the uh, we have three little kids, and it's like, man, they're they're ready to to get out, and so we've had to just go on a few car rides, and so even in the midst of that, we can pray for people as we're driving by their houses. Um, so we can be intentional about how we uh, think about the church's mission in that way, um, because we do want to live in such a way that even as we're on mission to our families, we want our, our children to see us praying. We want to live in a way that we're conducting ourselves as, as like you said, KJ, where we are, are worshiping every day of our life. Um, you were talking about kind of missions overseas, and um, we had that idea of a mission trip, but every time we leave our home, we're going on a mission trip. Um, because we're, we're taking the gospel to the people, um, or at least we should be in any way that we can. Yeah, I, I think even to what you're getting at there, Danny, is that 
there are people that are in proximity to us that understand what we are going through. And getting back to the heart of our, our question today is that at the heart of all of us is a desire to worship something. And so when our, our worship is off, we can point somebody rightly towards the one whom they should worship. And so in this season, as you're thinking um, to yourself that you feel so isolated that nobody understands you, know that there, there are people around you that do get what you are going through and that you are not alone in this and that maybe you can be a faithful witness of the gospel to someone else to share how the gospel meets you in your situation and it can bring about redemption to your life, how it can nourish your soul, how it can point you towards the God who loves you and sent his son to the cross on your behalf. And so I think this is a an opportunity for us as the church to be very intentional um, in ways that we haven't been before, because it's been um, pretty easy for us to think, well, the mission of the church is for us to open the doors on Sunday and people just come through the doors. Here's the good news. That has never been the mission of the church. Just open the doors. No, the, the church is supposed to be the church scatter, going out to people, reaching them with the gospel, and then praying that they will desire to worship God rightly with God's people and take steps forward in their faith. Great, fellas. I love these answers, and I love that we ask questions because it may look a little different for every single person, but I think having those questions to say, what should this look like for me um, is super helpful. We kind of laughed um, before we started the podcast talking about, you know, greet each other with a holy kiss might be out of the window for the moment. But seriously, fellas, um, are there parts of church life that we shouldn't seek to replicate uh, right now, as we discuss COVID-19 and the mission of the church? Yeah, Chris, that's a, a good question. I think there are some components of what is properly considered ecclesiology, um, the doctrine of the church, things that should not be observed in this season because we are in this this notion of the church scattered. And it's different when you're kind of going back and forth between gather, gathered and scattered as a church, but we're in the season where it feels like a long-term scattering. Um, and, and the Lord is is working through this. And so trust that those means of mission are, are actually uh, making inroads for the glory of God in your community. So trust that. Uh, we need to do that, do that as a people in general. But also there's some things that we should just long for the day to be gathered together with the people of God collectively within local churches. I think throughout the, the scriptures in the New Testament in particular, we see this idea of um, gospel-centered movements happening and churches being planted and people gathering within local territories to worship God as a church. These churches have um, pastoral leadership there. In our envisionment of the church, we see a plurality of leaders there shepherding the body where the body is all um, many members that make up one body that get to, to worship God together collectively as a people. And there's two things in particular that... Um, Oh, actually three things in particular that those bodies rightly observe together collectively. And they're the ordinances. Um, the first one would be baptism. The second one would be the Lord's Lord's Supper communion. And then the third one that I'll add in is not necessarily an ordinance, but it's a measure of the church um, collectively being together. And that is church discipline. And let me kind of walk through those really quickly. Reason why those things should not happen as we're serving as the church scattered. The first is baptism. Baptism is a reflection of what Christ has done in our lives. It's a public declaration of, of the renewal, the transformation that's taking place in our hearts. And there's no better way to, to share that declaration 
without being with the local church, the people of God that are following Jesus. So there's something about it when you're walking with other followers of Jesus and they can see your public declaration. And so what I'm kind of getting at is this, is that I would not recommend you if your neighbor comes to faith in Jesus for you just to, to run upstairs to your to your bathroom and just to let's, let's um, fill up the tub in this moment and let's get ready for this moment. And then you go in there, it's like you, you dunk them in there and you say, well, you're baptized there. And then they, they have this idea that they have this individualized faith that is written American evangelicalism overall that is just about me, myself, and I, my personal faith. But that not that you've been brought into a collective people that Christ died for, but you start to individualize your faith and your perspective. So there's something special to you being ransomed into a people versus you just individually doing your own thing. Um, so I think we see that trend happen throughout scripture. Um, also, you, you do see some um, so immediate moments where somebody gets baptized, but those churches are being planted in those moments. So I think that is not the the norm there um, in that. So we can get to that conversation later on when we start to develop a, a more robust ecclesiology in a, in a later episode or something. Uh, but the second one is the Lord's um, table, Lord's Supper, communion. And for that, I would re- refer you to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I, I shared this to our congregation earlier on um, just in, in the video. But there's four components in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that I want to encourage you to to read that text and to think through these three ideas because there's four explicit things that are mentioned. First is that as we are coming to the communion table, we do this in remembrance of what Jesus has done. So we're called to look back at the cross of Christ to see from where our help comes from, where that redemption is found at, and know that we are identifying with Christ in his cross, in his resurrection. The second notion is that we are supposed to look forward until the day he comes. We need to look ahead. We need to, be, need to be hopeful for that day when we come to the table. The third is this. We need to look within us. We need to examine ourselves, check our hearts. Are we right with God and are we right with our neighbors? Okay, our neighbors necess- necessitates a distinction of us being with people and around those people. The fourth is we need to look around us. If you read that text, it says multiple times, when you come together, when you are joined together with the body, you observe this. So you need to look around you. And I would offer that. I don't think you can really look around you in these moments and observe that ordinance without the people of God being right next to you. You can't see that you are identifying with the cross of Christ with a people, not just individually. So I think there's something really to that when it comes to our view of the ordinances. And then also I mentioned church discipline. Um, it's really hard sometimes to, to hold yourself accountable when you are the church scattered. In your personal faith this past few weeks, you might have done some things that you didn't really realize you shouldn't have been doing, but you haven't been in community for them to kind of to call you to, to repentance. Maybe within your home, people have been trying to challenge you, call you into repentance. But one thing when it comes to church discipline, it happens on both a, a micro and a macro level. And so it's not always just the the large egregious sins, but it's also when you're gathered together with your brothers or sisters in a smaller community of people, when they call you towards repentance in the area of your life because you are are struggling to see your need for the gospel in the area. There's something about that, that notion that you need the community of God to grow alongside of you. But also, there's no one that should be administering church discipline on their own, of course, saying, 
oh, well, so-and-so did this thing on Facebook, so we need to bring them before the church. Actually, I don't need the church right now. I'll bring them before my Facebook account, and I'm just going to blast off on them. And you see that happen within people just having kind of Facebook tension in general. They have beefs with other churches, other individuals, and their faves and whatnot. But the church of Facebook, the church of Facebook, you're right. It is a dangerous thing because everyone is a scholar, theologian on there. They're rightly guarding doctrine and truth. But there's something to you being covenanting with a people that know you, that know what you're walking through, that you're not just putting up the facade for, but they can call you towards faith in Christ. That needs to happen within the local church. So those three things are really hard to observe on your own. We are trying to make find ways for accountability to happen within the body in this season. Um, it's not just um, on the church to provide that. I think individual believers need to be open and honest about their need for accountability and community. But it's harder in this season. And um, we're, we're more likely to drift. And we need to be honest about that. And so we don't have that type of um, guardrails at all times. We should seek seek after it. So seek after those relationships while sim- simultaneously understanding that um, you're not the um, disciplining authority in this season while you're in your home by yourself. Thanks, KJ. I love that answer. And I think that's very helpful. I do think there are things God would say, pursue, pursue, pursue. The virus doesn't stop this, but there's also wisdom in saying like, hey, this this particular part or this ordinance is just for when uh, the church is called together. And so uh, my final question for you guys today is um, even as we say like, hey, we're putting a pause on some of those things that are only for the church gathered. Uh, what can we do to prepare ourselves better to be uh, better witnesses or more effective on the mission field uh, when the COVID-19 restrictions are lifted? So, Danny, what does it look like to use this time wisely? Well, I think um, as we think about using this time wisely, we have to be intentional. We have to be planning um, what we're going to do. So maybe it's we want to get it in a book, right? And we want to think through some some different issues. So we want to pick up that book that's going to help us in our our spiritual walk, in our our faith in God, our knowledge of who he is. So um, it takes intentionality to click that book and put it in the cart on – on Amazon and then to check that out and, and to get that and read it or to run out to the bookstore and, and get that. I don't even know if the bookstores are open right now, but you get my point. It takes intentionality to, to do that. Um, and I, I think a lot of people get that part and, and they do want to be intentional. So what I've seen um, happening is there's a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm going to start this new book that I have. And then all of a sudden that book is um is a is not they're they're thinking and they're saying that oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna grow closer my relationship with God through this book and I've seen several friends on social media and the books that they're they're sharing um they they are not necessarily Christian books they are mainly self help books and yes they may have some Christian verses in them Come but on somebody <laughs> but throughout the book um the book is built on on some worldly philosophies, and yes, they sprinkle some Bible verses in, but that's not going to sustain us when when we are seeking to live out a Christian life. When those trials, temptations, persecutions, when they come our way, those shallow um, self-help, worldly philosophy type of books aren't going to sustain us because they haven't given us a big view of our God. They've given us a big view of ourself and and our desire to to see the best that we can do come about. So I would say that we need to be intentional with the books that we we pick as we think about growing in our faith with God. 
they have to to put us on a sure foundation that's built from the word of God. And um, so, yes, that, that would be my answer is we need to be intentional about the books that we pick. Hey, guys, I'm going to just jump right in right there and ask um, someone may be listening to this and saying, do you have a book recommendation? Now, I know uh, KJ's done a ton of theological schooling and Danny, you're so close to finishing up that Masters of Divinity. I think May 8th is that date. So we'll be celebrating that with you. But do you guys have a great book that you would say this is a Christian classic, uh, tried and true through the ages for the spiritual development of believers that you would recommend to a lay person who's just looking to grow in this season? So um, the first book that comes to mind that really shaped me is um, Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney. Um, that is one of those those classics that as I've read through, it's really shaped me in being intentional um, with different aspects of, of Christian living. Um, so uh, prayer, for example, is discussed in there. And what does a healthy and diligent prayer life look like? So he goes through different topics and he um, is able to, to um, give us some good biblical information on how to cultivate this close relationship with God through our, our diligence and running to him through these certain areas of our, our Christian life. Yeah, I would add on to that and say, Knowing God by J.I. Packer is definitely a classic, very helpful um, for anyone who's trying to just know and love God better. I'll point you back to the the basics of what it looks like to pursue God. Another book that was very shaping for me early on was Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. That was very um, stirring for me. It, it drove me to to not want to to waste my life, essentially. So I, I would recommend both of those those resources to anyone that's considering, but before any of those, the scriptures. Um, I know that that sounds very cliche in the sense, but it's so easy for us to want to look, look for that next book that's going to help us to know God better. And, and books are a great resource to aid us. But friends, if you are a follower of Jesus, the spirit of the living God dwells inside of you and will meet you every time you open up the word of God. And I think it's so easy for us, and this is something I see in, in younger Christians, that temptation to run to that next book that's going to give you that feel. And even for someone like me that um, has had some more theological training, it's easy to, oh, what, what is that next book? But even as the sermon that was preached this past week was that this, the, the word of God is a, a well that never runs dry. We, we have all that we need in God through the word. And so my encouragement for you would be to read those two books. I think those are very helpful. And even the one that, that Danny mentioned, but also what is it going to look like for you to take serious in this season for you to pursue reading the word of God? Because friends, in the same way that any of those great authors have come to the scriptures, you too can come to the scriptures and, and know God. And I think that's really encouraging for me to know as a believer, because I might not be as witty or as smart or as intelligent as some of those, those writers. But I know my God and he can know me um, and he wants to know me and he does know me and that he shows himself to us through the scripture. And so we can come to him with a desire um, to grow. and He will meet us there. Yeah. Shout out to Gordon. Way to encourage us to get in our word. That was a timely word and it was uh, well prepared and well received. So shout out to him. So, uh, fellas, any other closing thoughts on the church and COVID-19. I'm out of questions. Yeah, I wanted to, to kind of say this to everyone. 
I know this is a season where everyone is counting down for the, the for the breakaway, right? When we can um, be let loose from these restrictions, we can get back to the the everyday routine. But I really want to encourage you to think: What is God doing in your heart right now that you might have missed out on prior to this moment? What is He trying to to help you to understand? Is it maybe a greater love for your family, even for the church, for the gospel? Um, a greater love to to live intentionally in your neighborhood. There's things that God is doing right now in your life. And the reason why we had this conversation on the mission of the church is that we need to understand what the church's mission is so that we can understand our mission as, as followers of Jesus. But you need to, to, to step away from this and seek to apply this to your life. What is that going to, that next step going to be for you? That'd be my encouragement for you um, after this podcast would it be for you to go back to your family and say, Hey, we need to live intentionally for the mission of Jesus. Let's let's draw out some next steps for us, some ways that we can grow and how we can move forward. And we would love to hear about how God has just been encouraging in this season to make disciples or to reach more people with the gospel. And we really believe that, that God does want to, to do something in your life right now. And it's going to show itself when the, the borders open back up, essentially, when we can go out into um, all of our normal arenas of life. And we have this great opportunity to make disciples in a, in a different way than we have right now. It's going to show itself then. So how you are preparing now is going to show itself with how you engage a few months from now or whenever we can get back to the, the normal. All right. You want to close us up, Pastor? Always. Um, fam, it's always a great opportunity for us to be able to have a conversation together about ways that we can move forward in our, in our lives as we seek to follow Jesus and worship him rightly. And so we pray that you've been encouraged through our conversation today. Um, we want to encourage you to go check out our website. If you have not had the chance to get acquainted with New Valley Church yet, you can go to www.newvalleychurch.com where you can learn more information about us or maybe some ways that you can take next steps in this season in your discipleship. And so if you have not found a local church, we want to encourage you to to find a local church that you can be a part of, that you can be held accountable with, and that they can help you to worship God rightly in your life. But at this time, we want to finish up our conversation by saying thank you for, for joining us on the podcast today. We look forward to having another conversation with you guys soon.